Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Welcome you back for another week of Nebraska Preps postgames with my main man, Jacob Padilla. And hey, listen, uh, does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help you if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. How about that? Just fill out an application at the Courtesy Finance team, and they'll work on finding you a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. JP, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. How about you, Damon? Well, you know what? I am, uh, as you can tell by my voice, I'm shot, uh, but I'm ready to go another week, uh, survive in advance, yeah. and that's really what it's about, right? It's not always pretty, but uh, you, you find a way to make it. Yeah, well, I was uh, checking the scores at halftime. I went to Belly West Gretna, and I uh, saw your halftime score, and it's like, oh, boy, I uh, wonder what kind of mood Damon's going to be in when yeah, we talk this yeah, week. That but was one of uh, – Got to figure it out. We did, and I, I, I joked with the guys. It was one of the uh, – I don't know if it's going to be famous or – Famous or infamous halftime speeches uh, that I had to give with uh, with my football team, but um, I should say our football team. Um, but hang on, Shane, I got booted. Uh, just uh, just re-enter it back in. Oh, okay. That always helps when there's a guy that's smarter than you uh, working this deal. But um, it was probably you know Coach Lamangi was really big. He said. Hey, uh, let's be, um, let's kind of remain calm, you know, this, that, and the other. And I said, Hey, I just need two minutes. And it was, um, this is about all I got. I got <laughs> one of those in me a year and uh, I felt like, so there were a couple of things that set me off. Number one, I, I felt like we were waiting to light switch this thing again. And, and Southwest was too good of a team to kind of be, going through the motions. Number two, um, I didn't feel like, you know, we were respecting the game like we should have. And there's lots of other things that people can be doing. So if you want to go do something else or something else is more important to you, then by all means, right? So I wanted that to be known. And perhaps the thing that stuck in my craw the most, just because Lincoln Southwest was so well-traveled, the stands were full the parents were literally applauding at the half for having such a good performance against us, uh, which I understood, right? <laughs> I mean, it was respect but, the game. Yeah. But it let me know, right? Like you're not accustomed to being in this position and it shouldn't be at your guy's expense. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the message. So, well, it, it went on to work. Uh, so we're leading off the bat with Class A here and number one seed Omaha West Side with a 42-28 win uh, over eight seed Lincoln Southwest. And um, uh, West Side was up 7 nothing and down 21-14 at halftime. Um, and then they went on 21 nothing coming out of the locker room and yeah. in, in control of that thing. Got, so. got a three and out, really got rolling. I thought we were much more physical. Uh, we gave up a late score with kind of uh, 
I think it was, is you know, we both teams had kind of taken their starters out yeah. and and conceded, and so I felt like in the second half, defensively, we played a ton better, and offensively, played with a little sense of urgency. And Anthony Rizak really got going, and that doesn't hurt. Yeah, and Kyle Newell, we talked about him last few weeks. Uh, pretty solid game, 140 yards on the ground, two scores. Um, as a team, they ran for 270 yards. Um, 6.3 yards of carry. So got to a little bit. Yeah, he had he had a he had a long run. He had a like a 70 yarder. Um, We kind of fell asleep, and but we felt like up to that point we had kept him pretty bottled up, and and he's a load, right? I mean, he's he's hard to get to. He was hard to bring down to the ground, but and I like some of their offensive schemes. Yeah, right. They they really put you in a bind. And he held them to 60 yards passing, including, like you said, that, that late touchdown um, when the, the starters were out of the game there. So also forced two turnovers, I believe, or Southwest forced two turnovers. Yep. So um, you guys a little shaky with the ball. But again, put up 42 points uh, still and got got the job done. So number one seed, still alive. Yeah, survive and advance. Because as you know, this time of year, man, <laughs> does it get hectic in a hurry. As we will see as we move on here uh, throughout the, the rest of these uh, the playoffs here. Um, the other side of that bracket, number four, Grand Island, fell behind 10 nothing out of the gates to Millard South, uh, the, the 12 seed that wasn't really a 12 seed. We talked about that, how, how good they've been with Kim. And, uh, but Grand Island rally there, 28 unanswered to end the game. Did not give up any more points. Won that thing 28 to 10. Um, really impressive performance by the Islanders. I tell you what, you know, the week before we kind of wondered how they did it without Chrisman. Yeah. They get Chrisman they him back. back. <laughs> uh, and now they've got a two headed monster and they're so efficient with what they do. Obviously I'm neck deep in watching Grand Island film and getting ready for these guys, their ground game, you know, inside zone, little outside zone. They got a good RPO game and they have turned teams over. It started with North in the regular season. They got the, what, five or six turnovers in that one, and it has just come in waves for this defense. Three interceptions for uh, on a very good quarterback, three sacks. Yeah, Cam's on, legit. Yeah, three sacks on a guy who is pretty mobile back in the pocket. Really impressive defensive performance. Um, you mentioned Crisman, 76 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, caught a pass for 13 yards, had five tackles. He's kind of doing a little bit of everything. But speaking of doing everything, how about Colton Marsh? Pick six, a four-yard receiving touchdown. Uh, he completed a pass for 58 yards. He ran the ball once for 17 yards. He had eight tackles. He returned two kickoffs, and he returned two punts. Yeah, they put so, him everywhere. Yeah, a little bit of everything for, yeah, for that game. He's a really good player. So I think it's one of those where we know, you know, we've thrown records out the window because we've talked about GI, right, yeah. JP? It's like you've seen them. The only two losses they had were to Elkhorn South and to Omaha Westside, and they have been impressive against everybody else since then with some really good wins. And how about that bounce back after that that uh, that loss to Elkhorn South? In yeah. their own place, they just got run off the floor or run off the field and um, to bounce back and come back from that and make this run. and to Against a physical yeah. team like North, they got the good upset win against Kearney, which kind of got the thing started, and they haven't looked back. No. Uh, and Cohen Evans efficient, completed 16 of his 24 passes. Uh, Gosh, he's short a kid. Yeah, short passing game there, only 139 yards, but a touchdown and one pick. So they they won the the turnover battle. And again, 28 unanswered to, to win that thing, and especially falling out 10 nothing at the, uh, not to um, bat an eye to, to come right back and to take control of the rest of that game is a really impressive win. 
Yeah, jumping down to the other half of the bracket and with with speaking Creighton, of Corn South, right in Creighton Prep. Now this one, this so this game was weird, right? We've talked about this. I just want to go back and listen yeah. to kind of our thoughts, and we felt like if you're built a certain way. We felt like you could – game plan isn't the right term, but Elkhorn South isn't going to wow you with flash and dash. I mean, it is it is good O-line, D-line play, tremendous running back. And up until this point, they had taken tremendous care of the football. But prep built for good trench warfare, boy, they answered the dinner bell and then some. Six and a half tackles for loss, just one sack, but they were uh, in his face. Four interceptions, including three in the first half, all by John Pargo Jr. Uh, And they forced a fumble as well uh, and recovered it. So um, really strong performance by that prep defense. And Cole Ballard, he uh, racked up at 100 yards, 111 yards on 23 carries. But uh, they also forced a fumble and kept him out of the end zone, which is something that nobody else had done this season. (laughs) Again, 38 touchdowns. Uh, and they, they kept him out of there, and there was only one touchdown in the entire game. That was uh, Ezra Vedro right out the gates um, uh, came in there and, and scored uh, early on in that one. You, you um, like what they've they kind of done settling in at the quarterback spot because it seems to have helped their defense too because they possess the ball. Yeah, uh, Tony Coniglio uh, is kind of firmly entrenched now as the, the starter there with Vedro mixing in the option and uh, here and there. And Vedro didn't get loose in that game. He, he only had eight carries for 12 yards, but again, had the one touchdown in the game. Uh, and Coniglio only threw the ball, completed all four of his passes for 13 yards. Uh, but the team ran 42 times for 211 yards, uh, and including... Marty Brown back uh, looking good, 23 carries for 132 yards. Um, so that that was uh, kind of the, the the story of their offense. Again, they only scored 10 points. Um, so it wasn't wasn't like a, just a dominant performance by, by that offense. You still kind of wonder, but you hold the team to three points. You don't have to worry about putting many points on the board yourself, and that's that's what, the, what they did. I have to go back and look at the stats for the season for his health. And and Sharmar Brown, Marty Brown, but is Westside the only team to hold him under 100 yards? Probably. Um, I can't really think off the top of my head because even Gretna he broke off some long ones. Um, and he is right. And they have played a monster schedule. So for him, statistically speaking, his output he has been unbelievably consistent for Creighton Prep I, because you know he's coming. Yeah. There's no real surprise, and he still continues to do work. He he has been nothing short of fantastic. Yeah, and they needed him in a big way, and he made it back from the the injury that knocked him out late in the season, uh, and, and delivered. Um, and see, just looking here, you uh, yards per. What do we got? What do uh, we got? This is uh, this is last year. Never mind. Uh, wrong one. Uh, the <laughs> joys of trying to uh, uh, look something up live. But um, in the meantime, uh, at Elkhorn South, I mean, they that, that defensive line up front, that was working. Uh, Murphy, uh, Ash Murphy had nine tackles, two tackles for loss. Maverick Noonan had nine tackles and a sack. Noah Bustard had eight tackles, tackle for loss. Uh, but Prep kept pounding it away. And um, again, with Marty Brown leading the way, just a uh, phenomenal season. They The, the yardage, <laughs> there was four... There was less than 430 uh, yards total in this game. Prepa only outgained Elkhorn South by 22. But again, you keep him out of the end zone, 
then uh, it, it doesn't really matter um, how, how many more yards you gain than the other team. Hey, so let me ask you, watching that kind of firsthand, what is El- what was Elkhorn South missing? Because I think you like them. You're one of the few that had very few criticisms, right? Like I think you like their consistency all year. What was it? Simply the turnovers against Prep? Uh, I, I, it had to have been like they. I mean, I, I talked about how how good Carson Ronner had been balancing out the the Cole Ballard led uh, running attack and ability to get the ball where it needed to be. They hit some big time shots and you didn't account for him, ripped off some big runs on the ground. None of that happened in this game. Um, so it's credit to that, that, uh, that crate and prep uh, front in particular. And then the back end taking care of business again, Pargo jr. Um, three picks in one half. I, I don't know how many times that's happened for anybody this entire season at any yeah. level. Um, really I- impressive performance. So that, that's really, I mean, the Elkhorn South six and 19 passing. Uh, w- with the four interceptions, um, and that really is th- the game right there. And he only gained nine yards on three carries, so it didn't didn't break off any of those long ones that that we've been seeing from him all year. And, um, oh, uh, Omaha Central held him to ninety eight yards because he only ran the ball seven, seven times. times. I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah, the but, seven for ninety eight, but one thousand three hundred seventy yards, uh, fifteen touchdowns, six point seven yards a pop, and again Jeez. miss m- miss some time in the middle there and. Uh, the the Burke and Central games he combined he ran the ball combined fifteen times because he didn't need to so yeah uh, Sharma Brown heading off to uh, North Dakota State uh, Boy, quite, quite the season getting, they are getting, and it's, doesn't and it's he continuing. doesn't he fit their style yeah what you see is what you get you don't have to babysit him a real tough guy like just consistent man he is uh, I don't know a lot lot of respect for yeah. for Marty Brown. And so Prep, as the 11 seed, gets uh, number two Gretna waiting in the next round. And this was a game I was, I was at, rematch of probably the game of the year in Class A, certainly, um, between Gretna and Bellevue West. And again, it was, it was, a, it was a tight battle throughout. Um, I mean, Bellevue West delivered the first punch, jumped out to a 14-0 lead. They led 20, uh, 21-14 going into the fourth. And then the fort just completely belonged to the Dragons, 21-2. to two. And the two came at the end when uh, Zane Flores ran out of the side of the end zone with one second left as uh, Gretna was trying to run out the clock. Um, so just took the safety, punted it, game, or, uh, kicked it off, game over. Um, let, so let, let, let me ask you something, because this is the, of all the, you know, I think this is the, the fourth loss for Bellevue West, all games in which they'd led by at least one score, I think three of the four double digits, is it more, in your opinion, the defense's inability to kind of get stops or the offense's inability to possess the ball? Uh, in this case, it was a little bit of both in the fourth quarter. Again, they they, they, they played a good game up to that point. They forced the first turnover, um, popped a, uh, forced a fumble on a little, I, I think it was a Boganowski tunnel screen um, to stop Gretna's first drive, went back down and scored, um, went up 14 nothing. Um and again, they, they Gretna rallied and then they responded, got, got that touchdown to take the lead late uh, in the third quarter. Um, but in the fourth quarter, they just didn't have any answers and they, they were moving the ball through stretches, but lost possession. And that's what, so basically the fourth quarter went like this. Gretna put together a touchdown drive. Uh, Flores capped it off with a QB sneak, uh, one of his two QB sneak touchdowns. Um, uh, WS is moving the, the ball down the field. They tried to, Tried to throw from the right hash to uh, the left sideline, um, little bubble screen type of thing for for Isaiah McMorris, 
and just kind of bizarre play. The ball hung up. It was pretty high in the air. He jumped for it, bounced off his helmet, shoulder, whatever, and went right to Alex Wilcoxon's hands uh, for the interception. So just a fluky play, but um, one that Gretna was able to take advantage of, and they went down and scored. Even uh, in football, Wilcoxon has a, a knack for being in the right place at the right time. We know his hoops prowess. Yeah. I'm a huge fan, so that's uh, why I'm just like. Well, and how about a kid? He, he's their backup quarterback, but yeah. this year – Found found a role on defense and ended up being a really so, key part for so them. So competitive, yeah. Like he is fearless, and I, and I saw it firsthand all summer uh, with basketball. He he embraces the challenge, and he's well like the kids really like him. Man, I, I'm I'm pretty impressed with with Alex. Yeah. So uh, a- after that pick, Gretna went down and scored. Uh, Flores hit Isaiah Weber on a little uh, pass up the middle, 14-yard touchdown. How clutch is, how clutch is Zane Flores? Yeah. The only passing touchdown of the game. Go figure. You're going into this game uh, w- with Danny Kalen and Zane Flores, and they combined. They barely hit 300 yards combined, one touchdown between them. That's not the kind of game that you were, to, were expecting <laughs> going into this. But, um, draw it up that way. But Bellevue West, uh, their surprise uh, kind of secret weapon, uh, they rolled out Jaden Bullion at running back for the first time all year. He had a really good year uh, for Central last year as the ball, can- ball carrier. And uh, so he was the, the workhorse back all game long. And after the, the Gretna's touchdown here, got it back to him. He ripped off a long run off the left side, cut it back towards the middle, running through guys, ended up kind of a pile got to him. And somehow the ball just popped up in the air. And Ethan Storr, who had a really good game and has a great good has had a great season, ran it back eighty or not eighty yards, but uh, uh, sixty some yards down to the four yard line. Sixty four of them. Um, so it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it, it was hard to uh, to to get the yardage total from where I was standing, but um, because the play went away from me and then came back to me. Um, but yeah, down to the four yard line, and then a few runs they punched in, uh, and suddenly Gretna's up. Um, uh, they're up two scores, 35-21, and then that's kind of all they had because Bobby West tried to move down the field but turned it over on downs. Um, so three three turnovers, including the turnover on downs, um, three touchdowns for Gretna in the fourth quarter, and that was ballgame. Dying to get your opinion. Uh, Battle-tested here the last month of the season. Nothing has come easy for Gretna. Does that run out this Friday? Or do you think they have now mastered not needing everyone's best in terms of this high-flying, prolific passing game as they've kind of been grounded a little to find ways to win? Well, key, uh, key for them was getting Isaiah Weber back. And he had 113 yards uh, on just 18 War- carries and a touchdown. Like yeah. Uh, and he had, again, the one receiving touchdown in the game. Uh, and he just adds another dy- uh, dynamic to that offense that makes them tougher to guard because – and he he's tiny, but he's got such good feet, good vision running up the middle. And he's got the way a good he, squatty. Frame yeah, the too. way he avoids got, uh, defenders in traffic, steps around him, just great footwork. Um, and uh, so, like that, that's huge for them getting him back. Um, it's I, I think you have to feel better about Flores going into that situation. Like I don't think they're going to be able to force Flores into the same mistakes that Ronner made because. Mm. Um, we know Flores has been there. He's been there for four years. Uh, was in the, the the final game last year. Uh, led his team to win in that one. So they, they haven't quite been as high flying as maybe we thought they could be. Obviously, some injuries at the wide receiver lost some guys to graduation from the last couple of years that hurt that. But um, they're they're a pretty pretty solid team. And again, that defensive front 
um, they've, they've got the kind of um, front that can match what, what prep's going to do on the other side of the ball. Uh, with maybe the most underappreciated of the interior bigs all season, the Mason Goldman, right? Like, how good is Goldman? He's so <laughs> Goldman, Stir, Corverdema, um, Harrison Weber. All those guys took turns making plays. Um, each of them had a very important splash play throughout that game. And that's kind of what we talked about with Elkhorn South, how you had four difference makers across that line. Right. Gretna's got the same thing. And, and yeah. Prohaska and Noonan. And yeah. They so had, they had a nice group. Yeah. If, if, if we kind of thought that Elkhorn South was the best, I think Gretna was right there with them all, all season long with, with those difference makers. And um, they, they get a chance to show it again uh, against a really good Quayton Prep offensive line. Knowing what you know, and you had a chance to reseed the final four, how would you seed it? Whew. Jeez. Uh, I, I think one and two are uh, as, as probably as they should be. Um, Westside Gretna? Yeah. Uh, well, that's tough. The way both Grand Island and Creighton Prep are playing right now, um, that's... How about just playing well at the right time? Both these teams, like, found their rhythm when it mattered most. Well, and that's, like, you don't, you're not blown away by either offense for, for prep or Grand Island, but you don't need to be with the way their defenses are playing yeah. right now. Again, like, they, prep, they definitely have prep didn't have a great team. offensive game against Elkhorn South, but they did just enough to let that defense nearly pitch a shutout. And Grand Island, again, everything they got was, uh, like, centered around those turnovers. Um and uh, give them short fields, give them a chance to, to steal possessions there. And um, that's how they ended up coming out with that one. So two defenses playing at a high level. We know uh, Westside and Gretna, they've got difference makers on the defensive end as well. So I think it's going to be a really fun uh, final four for sure. Uh, going to make any predictions? Uh, I, I'll go with the top seeds there. Um, like one I, versus two. Yeah, I, I think we get a rematch. Um, it, it's fitting, right? Like, to, yeah, to see the, <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of un, unfinished business. Uh, but again, like I didn't, I didn't pick either Grand Island or Creighton Prep to, to advance to this point. So um, keep proving me wrong, guys, because uh, those guys, those teams are on a special run right now. So it's interesting if if Westside wins over Grand Island, bigger draw, a rival. Like prep, or the newfound rival in Gretna. As a prep uh, alumnus myself, and understanding that rivalry, I think it's got to be Gretna. Wouldn't with that, what, just with everything that happened last year, yeah. and to we immediately to bring meet it back them in a yeah. lot of other sports, yeah. and then to run it back would be unbelievable. The, the basketball crowd uh, last season after oh. that, like oh, yeah. that was. <laughs> That was probably the best atmosphere for a game that I that went to last year. Yeah. yeah, and I unfortunately I remember that game because of the huge concussion, but yeah. <laughs> I remember that environment. I I couldn't believe that gym because yeah. it's kind of old school, even if it's in a new building, yeah. and it was boy, it was packed. They, I was lucky to get a seat. <laughs> yeah, just do not like West Side. I that that one would be uh oh, they they listen, we just want to get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not coach speak. Cause, and I told you this last week, the thing with Gre- with Grand Island, just their ability to turn teams over now. Yeah. Like they are generating turnovers. And, and, and I'm watching them and I'm not any one dynamic individual player, but it is good team defense. And they always have four or five guys around the ball. There's a lot of purple around the football when balls are deflected and, you get a little careless with it, man. They make you pay. 
and and you guys are going to have to be careful. You have turned yeah, the ball over a, uh, a little bit the last few weeks. Yeah, so that's no question be key. about it. No question about it. Uh, let's move on to Class B, though, um, where I think no surprises, uh, n- no close games, no upsets there. The the the, the top seeds kind of took advantage. The obviously the first round upset was Grand Iowa Northwest over Elk or, uh, over Elkhorn, the four seed, but five seed Waverly moved on and. Bennington, I mean, kind of a workmanlike, just gradually pull away. It wasn't ever a knockout blow type of deal, but 34-13 win o- over uh, Elkhorn North. Nick Colbert, another 200-yard game. He's, quietly, he's pretty good. On 21 carries. He's pretty so good. That's, uh, he's I, got the long, free-flowing hair, kind of looks unassuming. Yeah. He just does work. Yeah, math isn't my strong suit, but that's about 10 yards a pop. I can, I, I can do that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – and Trey Bird, uh, 273 yards passing, a touchdown, 57 yards rushing, a touchdown. Isaac Connor, seven catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. So, and Gunnar Lime, uh, junior, there, six tackles, two interceptions, uh, an 18-yard punt return. So those guys have been playmakers for that team all year long, and they showed up uh, in their their quarterfinal win. If I had told you in the quarters that the closest game score-wise would be played between Elkhorn North and Bennington, you'd have said what? <laughs> yeah, I was like. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I um, mean, there were some impressive said, scores. And that being said, like we we did see Elkhorn North pushed them the the last time yep. they met during the regular season. That was the closest game that they've had in a long time. Uh, I think I don't think they had a game like that all year last year. So, um, but even then, it's still a twenty-one point game, and that's the closest we got. So, uh, I, credit Scott, to Josh Scott Bluff yeah. and Scott kind of surprised yeah. me a little. I knew Scott would have a hard time matching Scott Bluff's physicality. But I didn't. I don't know if I saw, if I saw thirty three nothing. Yeah. Um, just kind of wrapping up on the first one though. I just want to give credit to Josh Basilovic, the quarterback for for Elkhorn North, who heavy load all season long. He had one hundred and seventy yards passing and two touchdowns uh, and eighty two yards rushing. He had most of their yardage in that game, like he had all season. He had every one of their nearly eight hundred eighteen hundred yards passing and had nearly half of their two thousand plus yards rushing. Uh, had thirty two of their forty eight touchdowns. So this is a guy, obviously, it's a school. They're, they're building that program up. This guy meant a lot to that program. Yeah. Uh, this season was a huge part of what they did all year long and carried that team. So I just want to give credit to a kid who had a great season there. But, yeah, um, I guess Waverly Grand Island, 30 to, uh, Northwest, 30-7 to, to seven in that one. Um, this Grand Island Northwest could not run the ball, and Waverly was stiff in the back end. Um, Austin Payne completed half his pass, less than half his passes. Um, for 134 yards and only one touchdown. 113 of those yards went to Tegan Lemkow um, and, and touchdown, who had the big play uh, against Elkhorn, the, the long catch and run in that one. That kid's, that kid's fast. He's a, he, he impressed me. I hadn't seen him play before. But uh, that, that Waverly, uh, Trey Jackson, 13-19, uh, 191 yards and two touchdowns. Evan Cassins, 96 yards on the ground. And what Waverly has done all year long is they just give the ball to everybody. It's six different ball carriers. They spread it around. Cassens is kind of the workhorse back, but you never see him get. I think them going through all their injuries last year let them know that they could play a couple of different ways with a couple of different players. Like, I really think it's helped their balance yeah. in 2022. Yeah, I, I don't know that there is a team like the, uh, among the, the better teams in, in Class B that has as much balance. Like, every you got superstars in basically every other really good team. You, you, you know the names, the guys that they're going to rely on every single game. Waverly just does it with five different guys every single game, uh, which is impressive. And that, I mean, that's got to be hard to, to, to prepare for 
for for a defensive coordinator, not knowing all right who's going to be touching the ball on any given play. Um, so that's an impressive five seed moving on. Uh, they'll face Bennington. Um, and did they play? Uh, do you remember off the top of your head? I don't I off the top of up. my head. I don't think they met in the regular season. I really don't because I, I, I think that one would have stuck out to me. Um, but but who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, I could be drawing a blank here. But uh, they – they did not. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that uh, Benjamin played pretty much everybody else, but uh, but Scott's buff and, and Gross. Um, but they'll, yeah, first meeting, Waverly's in at 8 and 2. Elk Bennington obviously undefeated 11 0. So, um, that's the top half of the bracket. And then you mentioned Scott's buff and Scott, 33 nothing Scott's buff. And you said you were surprised. I, I wasn't really um, seeing them play against uh, Lincoln Pius X. And Scott won that game. And I was impressed with the game that Matt Holtham had and uh, had some other guys, but I just, it didn't feel like that. Everything was a struggle for them in that game. Mm. I, I thought um, to, to move the ball. And I just wasn't sure. Um, Scott's was been pretty solid all season long. And I, I just wasn't sure how well they'd be able to move the ball. Um, and that Scott's about defense, eight tackles for loss, six quarterback hurries an interception, two fumbles uh, recovered. Um, so that uh, just kind of wreaking havoc all day for a uh, quarterback. Uh, starting for the first time, I believe this year uh, in tournament. Um, so they 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 didn't quite have the firepower that we've seen from Scott over uh, over the years. Um, but I, I think Scott's or Scott probably this season probably went about the way it should have. They made it to the point that their their talent level probably uh, suggested they would. How physical will this one be? Is is gross? Uh, hammers York and York's a team that had made things uh, kept things close they'd made things tough on other teams so to win that thing 42 to 6 that is really impressive um it's a good it's a good football team (laughs) that's a that's a really good football team does that mean how physical is that one gonna be well and so and look what uh how tempted are you to go to that game I I was planning on it if I didn't have to be at the Devaney Center. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. double D. Well, you can't even double dip now. No, I might have to. Uh, I might have to borrow your NFHS uh, yeah, login to <laughs> to watch that one from from down at the Devaney Center. But and how about Scott's buff? The thirty three nothing. They were able to kind of keep things light for Sebastian Boyle. Only seven carries for seventy eight yards. Braden Stoll, who has had a great season, nineteen carries, two hundred eleven yards, five touchdowns from that cornerback spot. Um, so you got, uh, assuming Boyle is fully healthy and ready to go, you got Boyle against Garcia with both those offensive lines. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that game is not going to last very long because there's going to be a lot I of running. I love Garcia's patience. Boy, he is such a crafty runner. He understands the ground game. He really does. And he's just a sophomore. I think some, I think people kind of forget that he's, he's legit because it's an older team. I think they have what, 29 or 30 seniors on that gross team like that's that's an older physical bunch and and all those guys play both ways yeah like no. oh they don't bat an eye <laughs> no they've <laughs> they, been doing it all season long they don't it's, they don't bat an eye again they're class c uh c1 in size opting up to play in b i believe um so you can have to have guys playing both way with those kind of numbers and again it hasn't slowed them down one bit uh this season um so really impressive that's it's i think that's probably the 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 Waverly Elkhorn you weren't quite sure which one of them I, th- those were the the clear top five I thought separate from the rest and so to have th- those four in the final four definitely uh, makes sense and that's kind of what we thought we'd see you want to tr- try to sneak in some C one yeah let's let's knock it out uh, Aurora forty eight twenty eight 
win over number nine seed Lincoln Christian. Um, Carlos Colazzo, uh, I've been injured for a bit here. I, I don't, not hundred percent know his, his status. I don't either. Um, so that's obviously as we get here into the semis and finals, um, that's going to loom large. Uh, but it, rolling up 48 points, they roll up 43 in the, uh, in the first round and Boone central a team that's accustomed to winning. And, and uh, that's yeah. Boone central knocking off Ashton Greenwood and not only knocking them off, 41 15. Decisively. Yeah. They just wreaked havoc defensively there. Eight tackles for loss, three sacks, two picks, two fumble recoveries, um, and a 228 to 62 edge in rushing yards. Um, Parker Borer had 145 yards on the ground and two scores. Alex Christo, uh, 95 yards passing and three touchdowns, 80 yards rushing, and another touchdown for Boone Central. So, um, really impressive performance by them. It was. Is seven nothing uh, Ashton Greenwood in the first quarter, and then Boone Central thirty four nothing in the second and third quarter. That'll do it. Feeling tipsy, <laughs> ball game right there. Um, so impressive uh, for, for Boone Central. Adam Central. We talked about McCook. Oh boy, uh, knock it, knocking him off. This was a surprise. For me. Yeah, it, but Adam Central is a team that I think people were high on early on in the season. Obviously, took uh, uh, yeah, took a couple losses there, but uh, talent still there. Thirty one fourteen went over McCook. Hyatt Collins, 145 yards rushing, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, uh, Adam Central, nine tackles for loss, three sacks, two picks, two fumble recoveries. Like, so, again, defense is re- re- uh, wreaking havoc uh, and making life tough for offense. That's been the story of, of the, uh, the big wins in, in the playoffs. And, um, My hot take is that Adam Central-Pierce game will be closer than the experts think. Well, Pierce, 33-23, Columbus Lakeview. Uh, obviously, both these teams made uh, made a deep run last year. Uh, the seventh seed there made it close. It was twenty. It was actually 20 nothing through three quarters. And then Lakeview tried to rally in the fourth quarter. I was going 23-13, but ran out of time. Um, Abram Schulten, 156 yards and three touchdowns passing, 65 yards and touchdown rushing, seven tackles. And Ben Bramer, 102 yards receiving. Just one doing, pass for 53 yards things. and a touchdown. Uh, had a carry for 19 yards, three tackles. So it's a pretty dynamic duo there for Pierce in C1. So we got the one, the five, the six, and, and the two. Um, Heck of a matchup. And just running through C2, uh, we get the nine and the 12 in, in the top half of the bracket as Battle Creek upset Hastings St. Cecilia and Hardington Cedar Catholic took down Malcolm uh, in overtime. And on the other side, you got chalk with the two seed Ord and the three seed Norfolk Catholic. Again, two teams that chance they, they just yeah. they just win. N- 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 no uh, stranger to the postseason making deep runs there. Um, and in D one, we got the one versus the five North Platte St. Pat's, and we'll take on Neely Oakdale. And the three and against the seven Stanton taking on Clarkson Lee. And in D two, we got the one Howes Dodge. And how about the twelve seed Central Valley upsetting four seed BDS forty two to twenty. Um, then we get six seed Bloomfield and two seed Hitchcock County uh, in the the other semifinal. Looking for Howells in Hitchcock County, which hopefully is different than the opener that they had to start the season. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That is another week. That's rapid fire. We're over thirty minutes, but listen, it's podcast. It's postseason time. We got to get yeah. it all in. Yeah, the clock. Ah, who needs a clock? That's my man Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. It's Nebraska Preps post game. Don't you miss us? We'll be back next week.